Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 20th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and we've been studying the parable of the talents for weeks. And now I'm trying to wrap it up. I'm trying to move away from this parable, and the Lord keeps giving me more. So this is Pearls from the Parables, part 61. We've been in learning about the parables for over 12 weeks now. This is week number 13. And we're wrapping up the parable of the talents. This is recap number three. I think I may have one more in me. I don't know. We'll see whatever God says. But we're just continuing to glean some golden nuggets from the parable of the talents. I want you to open up your heart now to receive what God is about to release in your life. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Here we go. So before we actually get into the parable, there's a scripture that we've been looking at all year, uh, and I want to share it for you once again. I want to put this through your ear gates, let it get down in your heart. I want you to meditate. Now, this is why, well, Brother Pena, why do you take so much time with these scriptures, and why would you keep reading something for us over and over and over again? Well, you know what uh, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.1? He says, in Philippians 3.1, he says, you know what, for me to write the same things to you over and over again, it's not grievous, but for you, it is safe. My mother used to tell me when I was walking out of the house in Brooklyn, East New York, Brooklyn, my mother's upstairs right now. She used to say to me, Lenin, enséñame con quién andas y te diré quién eres. She would say, show me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. And I said, yes, mommy, I know. And then the next day when I'm walking outside, she'll say, hey. Let me tell you something. And I'm like, I know. Show me who you hang with and I'll tell you who you are. And then she would say it over and over and over again. The Apostle Paul is saying that as a spiritual father, for me to repeat the same things unto you is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. It's important for you to hear what God is saying in this season. So if 2023 is a season where we're believing God for refreshing and restoring and renewing and reviving, then it's important for us to kind of meditate on that on a daily basis. So it doesn't bother me to keep repeating this scripture to you, but for you, you got to get it. Psalms 126 and verse four, once again, from the Passion Translation, this is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. Think about the time where you were the most excited. You had the most zeal, the most passion for God. And maybe you're not there right now. This is a season where the Lord is going to restore you to that former glory and, and streams of God's refreshing will flow over you until any area of your life that's dry will be drenched again. Say amen to that. All right, man. As, as, as a, a pastor, as a spiritual father, as a, as a leader in God's kingdom, as somebody who's called to minister to you, it's important for me to say what I believe God wants me to say on a daily basis. And it doesn't bother me to repeat myself. For you, it is safe. You got it? All right. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. Once again, I'm repeating myself, but that's okay. It's important. This is what Jesus said. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey. And before he left, he summoned three of his stewards or his servants to him. And he gave them financial management responsibilities while he was gone. 
To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. And the Bible says that he gave it to them according to their ability to manage. So he only gave them what they were capable of handling. And so he left. And so once he left, immediately, the Bible says, immediately the guy with five talents went out and he doubled the money. The guy with two talents went out and he doubled the money. The guy with one talent dug a hole, put it in the hole, did nothing with it and buried it. After a long time, Jesus has been gone a long time. He's coming back again. After a long time, the master came back to settle accounts. And when he came back, the one with five talents said, Master, look, I doubled your money. I actually did what you wanted me to do. And look, I'm surprised at what I was able. I mean, like, I didn't even know this was in me. You saw something in me I didn't see myself. The master said, you've been good. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. Well done. You have done well. And so because of that, what you have right now, now you have 10 talents. This was millions of dollars, by the way. And he says, okay, well, that's little in comparison to what I'm about to, I'm about to bless you real good. <laughs> Ooh, glory. Put that in the chat. Say, God is about to bless me real good. You've been faithful over this. I'm going to give you charge over much. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. The one with two talents said, Lord, I did the same thing. I doubled it. He said, that's fine. You got it. You doubled the money. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. What, I, what you have right now, four talents, it pales in comparison to what I'm about to do. I'm about to bless you real good. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. The one with one talent said, well, let me tell you something. I know that you are a shrewd businessman, that you want to reap what you haven't sown, that you get rich off the backs of other people. So I didn't want to do anything for you. That's my attitude towards you. You know what I did for you? Nothing. And so here's your talent. I didn't lose it, but I didn't gain it here. I buried it. And now that you're back, I don't even want it. Take it. It's yours. And the, the master said, man, you are wicked. I mean, not only are you lazy and unfaithful, but you're wicked too. I mean, because at the least you could have done, if you knew that I wanted increase, it was put in the bank, it got some increase, got some interest, but you didn't even do that. He says, well, man, that's messed up. <laughs> and so, so in my kingdom, he's saying, those that have a lot, even though they have a lot because they know how to manage it, even more will be given unto them. So he says, take the one from this guy and give it to the guy with 10. He says that in my kingdom, those that have little, even the little that they have will be taken away from them if they don't know how to manage it. He says, take this man away from me. He will go into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what does this mean for you today? Once again, we've learned a lot from this parable and I have six more things to share with you this morning. And I think maybe tomorrow we'll finish this parable. I don't know, whatever the Lord says. Six things to share with you in this morning. I want you to open up your heart now to receive this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. You got it? Six things. Number one, here we go. You got to make the most of, to make the most of your current situation, you must be efficient with your time. It, making the most of your current situation requires an efficient use of time. Now, I've shared with you many times that our time on this planet is like a vapor. You can be here today and gone today. So, you don't have a lot of time. The, the Bible says that we need to make the most of the short time that God has given us on this planet. Remember when uh, those of you that have been studying Grace-Based Success, the book of my 28-day devotional, I spent a few days in that book on Ecclesiastes chapter 5, where um, King Solomon said, it's a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it and to accept your lot in life, right? So, so when you have the wealth that comes from God, when you have the good health to enjoy it and you accept your lot in life, then King Solomon said, God keeps 
such people so busy enjoying life that they have no time to brood over the past. But he said, you got to make the most of the short time that you've been given on this planet. And so for you to make the most of the short time that God has given you on this planet, you got to make good use of the time. Put this in the chat. I will make good use of my time. So what I like is that when the master left, the Bible says that the guy with five talents immediately went out to double the money. Like he immediately, he, he was going out, he went out to try to do whatever he was supposed to do and he did it right away. So delay, I've told you this many times too, you can put this in the chat, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. The unfaithful steward did nothing with what he was given and procrastination is going to cost you in God's kingdom. God is a God of times and seasons. So if I was preaching in church, right, let's say, and I'm making the point that God is a God of times and seasons, I might have you to look at somebody, you know, look at somebody and say, this is my season, you know, look at somebody else and say, this is my time. Yeah, that's cool. You could say, this is my season. You could say, this is my time. You can decree it. You can declare it. But if you procrastinate, you might miss both. You might miss your time and your season. This guy missed out. There was an opportunity. He had an opportunity in his hand. It was the same opportunity that the guy with five had, the guy with two had. He missed his time. He missed his season. He missed his opportunity because he was lazy and he procrastinated. And so you got to be careful not to do that. Like at the end of the day, you got to make the most of your time. Say amen to that. Number two, grace empowers you to operate beyond your human power, human ability, human strength. So the grace of God will empower you to do what you can never do without God. It's God's super on your natural, which is why I preach and teach the grace life. I shared with you yesterday that where your power ends, the grace of God can kick in. And so God's grace kicks in. Where, where my humanity ends, where my ability ends, the grace of God can kick in. And so this is important for me to understand, for you to understand, because God will not compete with you. Remember when I was teaching you about entering into God's rest from Hebrews chapter four? We, there's, there's a rest that is available for God's children. And so we can be working, but resting while we're working, meaning that I'm not, I'm not taking on toil. I'm not taking on negative stress or anxiety. I'm working, but I'm resting in the promises of God. I'm working by the grace of God and I'm resting in my heart, knowing that this thing is going to turn out all right. Even though it may not look like it right now, even though things may not be moving fast, uh, as fast as I want, I am resting in the promises of God. And watch this. If I'm resting, then God is working. But if I'm going to be doing all the work by myself, human power, human ability, human strength, earning everything by the sweat of my brow, pulling myself up by my own bootstraps, then God will stand by and say, hey, he wants to do everything. She wants to do everything. God will not compete with you. God will not compete with you. Let's be clear about this. God will not. So if you want, if you're one of those people that say, I'm going to go get her and I got to go get it and I got to make everything happen and I got to make it happen. I'm creating my own destiny. I'm creating my own path. Okay, go ahead. You're big, bad, and bold. One day you're going to get tired. And when you get tired and frustrated, God will be waiting on you to enter into his arms and to enter into his rest. Where your power ends, God's grace will kick in. God's strength is only made perfect in your weakness. And so when you say, okay, Lord, I'm at the end of myself, God is saying, okay, I've been waiting for you to get there. Now I can do what you could not do. I can empower you to go beyond anything you could do without me because it is me. What I've called you to do 
is greater than what you can do. There are people, look at me, this is very important. This is not in my notes, but it's important what I'm about to say. There are people, good people who love God, who have ruined their lives trying to do what God told them to do in their own power. Let me repeat myself. There are people, good people, people who love God, who have ruined their lives trying to do what God has called them to do without the grace to do it, meaning that they didn't tap into God's grace. You cannot do what God has called you to do without him. So if you try to do a good thing, but you try to do it the wrong way, meaning that you're trying to do it as a mere human, you will get tired, you will get burnt out. This is why, unfortunately, is sad. But pastors commit suicide. Pastors are leaving churches. Pastors are walking away from their assignment because they're trying to do what God has called them to do, but they're doing it in their own strength and God will not compete with you. God's strength is only made perfect in your weakness. So put in the chat, I will not compete with God. Put in the chat, I yield myself over to God. So when you come to God, you you say, okay, God, listen, first of all, I was minding my own business when you told me to do this, you know, so I'm only doing it because you want me to do it. Second of all, you know, I can't do this without you. So God, I need you. I need your power. I need your ability. I need your strength. So I'm not going to try. I'm not going to stress myself out trying to make this thing happen without you. So father, I'm going to do whatever you lead me to do. And whatever you lead me to do, I'm going to do it by your power, your ability, your strength, your grace. I'm going to walk into rooms that I feel unqualified for. I'm going to go into situations that half the time, I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to stress out while I do it. I'm going to do it the whole, all the while resting in your grace. And that's how I'm going to do this thing. And while I'm doing that, God, I believe you will give me the words and you will perform the work and you will raise up people to use their power, their ability, their strength, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. You will open doors for me that no man can close. You will close doors for me that no man can open. Say amen to that. All right, number three. A lot of that was not in my notes, but it was important. All right. You got it. Number three, no assignment from God comes without the grace to complete it. No assignment from God comes without the grace to complete it or to perform it. So the stewards who double the money, they did it by the grace of God. The stewards who double the money, it was the grace of God that was on them. God's instruction, say this, say God, put that in the chat. God's instruction is always equal to his injection, meaning God will never instruct me to do something that he has not injected me with. God will never expect me to do something he has not equipped me to do. But whatever he equips me to do, he expects me to do. So God is telling me, the fact that God is telling me to do something is evidence that I have the grace for it. When God told this man, you go out and do something with the five talents, you go out and do something with the two talents. You go out and do something with the one talent. The guy with the five talents is like, man, this is a lot. You want me to do? Yes, you have the grace for it. I believe in you. I will never tell you to do something that you don't have the grace for. And so I gave you five because it's according to your ability to manage. I believe that you're at this level, at the five talent level, so I can give you five. Go out there and do something with that money, boy. It's, uh, the grace of God is on you, son. You got this thing. I gave you two. That, that's where you're at in your progression. And so so I, I know that that's your ability to manage. I didn't give you five because you can't handle five. I didn't give you one because that would be too easy. You already passed the one stage. I gave you what you have because that's where you are. I gave you two. And so since I gave you two, I'm saying you can handle two. Go out there, son. Go do something with that money, boy. And I gave you one down here because that's what you can handle. That's all you can handle, but I know you can handle it. And the guy with one did nothing. He did nothing with it because he failed to embrace the grace of God. See, see, you got to receive the grace to do what God has called you to do. You got to believe what God believes about you. Put in the chat, I believe what God believes about 
me. Oh my God. And so God is telling me to do something that I have never seen in myself, but he sees it in me. And so I walk over to the mirror and say, you know what? First John 4 and 17 says, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. God, you believe this about me. God, you've given me this assignment. God, you told me to do this thing. And so, Father, I'm doing it. Now, now it, doesn't, it doesn't look like it's working in the natural. It doesn't look like things are moving as fast as you said, but I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm going to be moved by what you said. I know that I was not born to fail. I know that I was born to win. And so, Father, you sent me to this. You would never send me into a situation to fail. Come on. I trust you too much for that. You're a God of increase and advancement, acceleration and promotion. And so, Father, I'm going unto you. You are the author and the finisher, the creator and the sustainer of my life. And so, if you believe this about me, then I believe about me. I believe what you believe about me, and I have the grace for it. If you say I can do it, I can do it. Now, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to launch out here, and I have the grace for it, and I believe you will do what I can't do. Say amen to that. Number four. My God, I feel like preaching now. Number four. Laziness is a blessing blocker. Laziness is a blessing blocker. The lazy steward in the parable, he blocked his own blessing. Put this in the chat. I will not block my own blessing. No, what's wrong with you, man? He blocked his own blessing. The master set him up for success. The master set all three of them up for success. Two of them got the blessing. One missed out on the blessing. Why? Because of laziness. Let me give you some scripture. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, New International Version. The Bible says, lazy hands make for poverty. Lazy hands, people with lazy hands are going to be poor. They will, they will be stuck in poverty. But the hands of the diligent bring wealth. Say this. Say, I'm just reading Bible to you. Say this. Say, my hands are diligent and they bring wealth. Say, my hands are blessed hands and they bring wealth. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4, New Living Translation. The Bible says, lazy people want a lot of stuff, but they get little. They want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper. Their lazy people are always watching TV on social media, scrolling. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I want that. But they ain't doing nothing. They want a lot of stuff, but they don't get nothing. Why? Because they're not doing nothing. But those who work hard are going to prosper. Those who say, you know what? I'm going to go out there and be who it is that God has called me to be. I'm going to put in the work. Put in the chat. I will put in the work. I'm not going to block my blessings with laziness. I'm going to put in the work. Laziness will cause you to miss out on the opportunities that God puts it, put in front of you. Not only that, it will lead to a, a terrible experience in life because not only will you miss out on the opportunities, but you're not going to maximize the purpose and the potential that God has placed inside of you. Last scripture from this point, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10 from the Passion Translation. This is what the apostle Paul said. He says, listen, when I was with you, I told you these words. I love these words. What did he say? Anyone who does not want to work for a living should go hungry. The King James says, if a man does not work, he shall not eat. He said, listen, anyone who doesn't want to work, let them go hungry. He said, listen, at the end of the day, if you want, you're going to have to put in some work. I'm not saying that you're working by your power, your ability, your strength. No, it's the grace of God. But if you don't give God something to work with, you're not giving them anything to work with. So, so you don't work for grace, but you work by grace. Say amen to that. Number five, let's talk about faith for a minute. It is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six. I'm, I am convinced that the two faithful stewards, I'm convinced, Rick Pina, the two faithful stewards, when they launched out, they didn't know what they were doing. When they launched out, they, they had no idea how they were going to cause the money to increase, but they did it. 
They launched out. And as they went, they figured it out. I'm telling you that, listen, the life of faith is a, is a, is a life that, that you will figure it out as you go. The life of faith is I'm walking with God one step at a time. He's not telling me what's down the street. He's not telling me what's around the corner. He's giving me a, enough light for one more step. And as I'm walking step by step with God, God is showing me what to do. He gives me the words. He performs the work. As they went, they learned how to double the money. God can do more with you once you get started. You, you Listen, what they didn't do was sit back and say, okay, let me study the problem. Let me try to figure this out. Listen, I've taught you a lot in this parable about studying the problem, about analysis paralysis. And so what you want to do is be like, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And as I go, sometimes I'm not going to have all the answers. But as I go, I know that, that we're going to figure this thing out. A faith-based mindset is a mindset that's going to propel you into action. Say amen to that. And then number six, last point for today. Our God is a God of increase and advancement. So if you want to walk with him, you got to learn how to think like him. You got to learn how to think like the God of increase and advancement. You got to learn how to think with a growth mindset. You got to learn how to think that with God is always forward, ever backward, never the best is yet to come. So, so you, that's why I close every day. I get you to say greater is coming for me. Wow. That's the heart of God. The heart of God is, is progression. God is a, a God of progression, not a God of regression. The steward who was called lazy did nothing with the money he was given. Now he didn't lose it. He didn't lose it. Oh, brother Pena, why was he so mad? He didn't lose it. He still had it because with God, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. With, with God, he, he didn't lose it, but in God's eyes, that was wicked. Just holding on to it is not okay. In God's kingdom, the status quo is not okay. In God's kingdom, you just being stuck with, I'm just going to stop right here, and for the rest of my life, I'm going to put my life on cruise, right? Like, I, I've done a lot of stuff. Now I'm, I'm retired, and I'm pretty much done, and now I'm just going to chill, and for I don't know how many more years I have left, for whatever amount of years I have left, I'm going to put my life in cruise control and I'm just going to chill and I'm pretty much done and I'm tired and I'm, that's not God. Like, like you can retire from your job, but you can't retire from your work. Oh, you have a purpose. If this air still flowing in your lungs and blood still flowing in your veins, you got stuff to do. And God will give you divine opportunities. God will give you divine appointments appointments. God will send people your way. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy, you know, whatever you enjoy, right? If, if you say, I'm going to go, you know, do resorts, I'm going to go do cruises. Okay. God is cool with all that. But while you're on the cruise, he's going to send somebody your way. While you're at the beach, he's going to give you a divine appointment. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because there's too much purpose locked up inside of you. And so when God is forward ever, back whenever the best is yet to come, God is a God of progression and advancement. You could be retired and still be advancing in the kingdom because it's all about advancing God's kingdom plans and purposes in this world. It's all about living your life for God's glory. If you say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to go to the workplace anymore, but what am I going to do now for the remainder of my days? Father, you, I'm going to seek ways to bring glory to your name. And at the same time, I'm discerning. I could be in the grocery store and, and boom, the Holy Spirit says, talk to this person. Or I, you know, I'm talking to the cashier. Matter of fact, I, I, I could be at a restaurant and, and the regular tip, let's say it was a hundred dollar meal and I'm supposed to give uh, $20 would be the normal tip. And the, and the, the Lord says, you know what? give this lady a hundred dollars, but the meal was a hundred dollars. And the Lord says, give this lady a hundred dollars. And you're just there and you're on vacation. And you're like, okay, all right, Lord. Hey, listen here, 
I just want to bless you real good. And the girl starts crying. And then, and, oh, 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 and, oh, you don't know how much I needed this. Then you get to pray for her. Then you get to tell her about Jesus. I'm saying, when you live your life for God and you're open to whatever opportunity God wants to give you, then you're just living your life open to advancing his kingdom plans and purposes because God is the God of increase. Never, never live with this mindset. I'm just going to put my life on cruise control. I've done enough. That's it. God is not a God of the status quo. And the church said, amen. All right, that's enough. I've given you enough. And a lot of what I just said was not in my notes. So that was for somebody. Let me close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Speak this by faith. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I will maximize my current situation by using my time efficiently. When you instruct me to move, I will act immediately because delayed obedience is disobedience. I refuse to procrastinate. I refuse to block my own blessing. I will not miss out on my times and seasons. You give me the grace that empowers me to do what I could never do without you. So I operate beyond my own strength. Where my power ends, your grace kicks in. And I'm confident that if you tell me to do it, I already have the grace to do it. So I reject laziness in all of its forms. I am diligent. And the hands of the diligent brings wealth. I seize every opportunity. I will not miss out on my blessing. I am wired for increase and advancement. And I'm promoting your kingdom everywhere I go. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to... If you're not getting my notes, why would you not sign up to get my notes? You get it for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do it right now. Hit like and subscribe, share the link. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. Have a blessed day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.